Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Every single solitary dinner was some kind of pork. Every now and again, it would be wrapped in a jelly so you could cut it in slices and the jelly would be on the outside. There was a potato and there was something else I don't remember. And then for dessert, vanilla ice cream. That's it. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show on the Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns. You are... Tammy Burns. And as it will be at the beginning of each show, remember that the Rock School Radio Show is brought to you in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, or CPB. Now, let me tell you where this show came from. This is going to sound like a real end around, but about once a year, my wife and I order from one of those online cheap t-shirt companies where you get to pick your favorite, whatever you call it, dumb sayings or what have you. And the reason for it is because they're cheap t-shirts. We live in Louisiana, so you sweat a lot. (laughs) And I work out just about every day, and I sweat a lot. So we're looking at them, and you picked up something about the national parks and Bigfoot, and I did Atlantic Records and a few other things. Oh, they're fun. But one of them stated, I'm big in Japan. And I've always liked that T-shirt. I didn't buy it. Oh. Because I, I don't think anyone gets the joke. Okay. Do you know what that means, I'm big in Japan? Well, I just thought it meant people that uh, were not successful here can sometimes be a big hit in Japan. Oh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, Spinal Tap makes fun of it at the end of their film. I think it's the song Sex Farm. <laughs> becomes a hit from the album Smell the Glove, ladies and gentlemen. It becomes a hit in Japan, and this is actually far more common than you think. So I began looking it up and seeing what bands were popular uh, in Japan but not in America. But furthermore, I ran into all of these different things, like, for example... Obviously, you know where Brazil is, right? Right. South America, yeah. Do you know, now this was through the 1990s, do you know who the number one selling band in Brazil was? No idea. Aha. Aha. As in, take on me. There was a story about Kiss going down there to be part of this giant music festival, Mm -hmm. and they were third on the bill, (laughs) fourth. And AHA was number one. I love it. Because the Brazilian people decided they like it. So what you've got is either a band who is trying like crazy to make it in America, but makes it in Japan, or 
the idea that you can't make it here or you can't make it in your actual home country, but in some other country, you are exactly what they want. And by the way, the idea of, quote, big in Japan came from a Japanese magazine called Music Life. I don't know how you say it in Japanese, but it was this huge magazine that was very successful that noticed this trend that if in America it's not happening, what the American music people will do is send it to Japan to see if they like it. Wow. Yeah. I'll give you a few. Jimmy Osmond was a sideshow to the older brothers, the Osmond in North America. Yeah. However, he was a huge hit in Japan and received several gold records, and his brothers, the Osmonds, received Boopkiss. Oh, and you know what? What's that? He was really cute. Was he the cuter uh-huh. one? He was cute. Do you remember the human beans, B-E-I-N-Z, in America? Mm, no. Well, they scored two number one hit singles in Japan. You remember the Runaways? Yeah. I'm your... Cherry Bomb! Now, don't get me wrong, they had a hit in America. Right. However, in the summer of 1977, the Japanese music industry decided to have sort of a, through magazines and what have you, because in 77 there was no internet, Uh asking people, what is the number one most popular band in Japan? The Runaways took fourth. Whoa! Behind the Beatles and Led Zeppelin. Now I know what you're going to say. That's fourth. What's the What's the last one? I don't know. It wasn't listed <laughs> in the show. But Beatles, Ew. Led Zeppelin, and the Runaways. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about the idea that a band was quote big in Japan. And what are we going to play? Well, look, there is a Seattle rock band, Tennis Pro, who took a shot at making it big in Japan. It was 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, so they had a movie made about them called Big in Japan. There is yet another documentary on the Netflix called Big in Japan. Oh, I got to see it. Someone tries to do the same thing. And then there's a German synth pop group called Alphaville and created a hit in 1984 called, go ahead, say it. Big in Japan. There we go. We're going to play that first. We're going to come back. We're going to talk to you about actual bands that were, say it again, Mm, big in Japan. Here on Rock School. Talking about being big in Japan, I probably should use this later in the show, but I'm going to do it right off the gate. There is also a derivative statement called small in Japan, (laughs) and it mostly means in the Japanese market. It's not used here in America much, because I'll make you bet that's the first time you've heard it, but it's used in the Japanese market, and what it was meant for was that you were huge everywhere else, but you didn't succeed in Japan. Oh, that would suck, huh? Well, the, the idea was that the, the phrase big in Japan was you're coming to this country and you're taking our money. Yeah. But these bands couldn't quite pull it off. 
It was created in the early 1980s by that same magazine, Music Life, and it was applied to ACDC. They were big everywhere else. They just didn't hit in Japan. Aww. They then applied it to Adele. A- what? Adele is a step short of godlike status here in the United States. UK, I can't even imagine it. But in Japan, nobody gives a care. Wow. Isn't that amazing? She can vacation there. Yes, she could. Yeah, and people everyone, would leave her everybody alone. Everybody will leave her alone. I think that would be fantastic. Irish musical group The Nolans were absolutely unknown in North America. Have you ever heard of The never, Nolans? Never. They've sold 12 million records in Japan. The year they were big, they outsold The Beatles, Michael Jackson, Adele, and Ed Sheeran combined. Wait, did what? The Nolans. I don't even know who they are. Oh, my gosh. I don't have the slightest idea. It says they're an Irish musical group. Wow. Scorpions initially had limited success in Europe. It was one of those things where, you know, the Scorpions have always had to be big. Oh, absolutely not. They had to get to the song The Zoo Mm -hmm. before people started to go, okay, let's take a look at this, you know, derivative heavy metal band. They're not derivative, but that's the way they were looked at. However, they were big in Japan in 1978. They toured the country and released a double live album called Tokyo Tapes. Oh, unbelievable. Do you know the Ventures? Yes. They are a guitar bass band out of Seattle. Oh, yeah. They had the uh, the album with the gold LeMay bathing suit in you the You got it. You Just that. Exa- my father had that album. So did I. What was wrong with me? Well, I don't know, but I don't know what was wrong with my dad. Oh, I know your dad. In 1959 and every year after... Through 1965, they logged over 2,000 concerts. The latest I could find was 2006. They were still touring in Japan. People loved them. Okay, so what are you going to play? You know, Neil Sedaka. Happy birthday, sweet 16. Yes. Right. He was having trouble making it in America. So he released... A song called One Way Ticket before breaking through in the United States. However, it became a number one song in Japan. If he hadn't had that success in Japan, no one in America would have given a third look at him. Wow. And he would never have had hits. And let's say no one ever did. He could have gone to Japan, had multiple hits, lived his life in Japan, and probably been nothing but happy. You Sweet. know? Neil Sedaka. Oh, he was big in Japan. Here on Rock School. Choo-choo train a-chugging down the track Gotta travel on, never coming back Got a one-way ticket to the blues Do you remember the band Mountain? Oh, I love Mountain. Mississippi Queen! Uh Now, can you name any other song by Mountain? No. Now, look, they played at, uh, come up with it, Woodstock. Mm-hmm. So they've had other songs that people would know. Right. The thing about it is they did a tour of Japan in 1973, like a lot of bands did. I know what you're yelling. Every time we do these kind of list shows, I get the feeling someone out there is yelling at the radio, What about Cheap Trick live in Budokan? Getting there. <laughs> but... 
Simmer down, people. They did the same thing. They had a live album called Twin Peaks, released in 74. Mountain bass player Felix Papillardi then worked with a Japanese band called Creation in 1976, and they made a ton of cash. Pooey. That blows you away. Yes. Megadeth. Mm-hmm. There was a guitarist named Marty Friedman. And if you're a Megadeth fan, you know things didn't go wonderful. The Megadeth people can be a little upsetting. Well, he moved to Japan in 2003. There, he became a household name and a studio musician that was magnificently, magnificently in demand. 600 different TV appearances and over 11 years... He has become the number one sought-after studio guitarist out. in Japan. If you're going to play rock, you want that That's guy. That's the best luck in the world right there. I don't know that it's luck. What you have to do is find where your music works. Yeah, but Japan has great food. They've got sushi. <laughs> well, yeah, I that's, think, that's I think your whole purpose. School, yeah. I think rock school would work there as well. You think rock school could be big in Japan? Oh my God, yes. Okay, I'd actually learn some Japanese sayings. Swing Out Sister. Do you remember the band Swing Out Sister? Ah. Their monstrous hit, I say monstrous, it got into the top ten in 1986, was And Break Out. That's the only song I know. That's, of course, the only song you know, because that's the only song that was a hit. Well, they toured on it in America and then, you know, to nothing. Right. They went to Japan. They wrote a song called Now You're Not Here, number one. Another song, Midday Moon, number one. Heaven Knows, number one. And five more top ten hits followed. Right now, Swing Out Sister only records and tours in Japan and surrounding Oriental Pacific Rim countries. Wow. And I'll Make You a Bet makes bank. Unbelievable. Here you go. It's the one hit you know from Swing Out Sister. It's Breakout on Rock School. Coming into the first break, uh, do you know the song by Jigsaw, You've Blown It All Sky High? Yeah, I do. (laughs) That was the theme song of an action film over in Japan, and it stayed at number one for multiple months, like three months. And for the longest time, it was the longest any song stayed at number one in the world. Wow. It's just that it didn't happen here. Now you're thinking to yourself, have we not beaten that? 
I just looked it up just to make sure I know what I'm talking about. And do you remember Old Town Road by Little Nas X? Oh. And uh, was it Miley Cyrus's father? Oh, yes. Billy? Yes, yes, I do now. It stayed at number one for 19 weeks. Now, has it been beaten somewhere else? I'm not sure. But for the longest time before Little Nas X, mm-hmm. there were a lot of songs here in the United States that stayed at number one for 10 weeks. But nobody touched the three months that Jigsaw was at number one in Japan, except now it appears as if that it's been defeated here in the United States by Little Nas X. Can you imagine having a number one song for 19 weeks? No. Little Nas X can purchase all the Little Nas stuff <laughs> that he wants for the remainder of his the t-shirts, life. The t-shirts, right? The Three Degrees were huge in the UK more than they were in the USA. Why? Because of a mistake in reporting. It was stated that the three degrees were Charles, as in Charles, as in Lady Diana's ex-husband. Really? It was stated they were Charles Windsor's favorite band, so the media of the UK went ballistic playing the three degrees. I don't know if it's true or not, but... Susie Quattro, remember her? Mm -hmm. Stumbling in. Huge megastar in the UK. And in the US, one hit. Yep. She also was on Happy Days for a little bit, but... In the 1980s, Meatloaf had massive popularity in the UK. The Dead Ringer album. Have you ever heard of the Dead Ringer album? No. Meatloaf had obviously Bad Out of Hell. But the Dead Ringer album did nothing here in the United States. Didn't crack the top 40. Wow. In the UK, number one. Whoa. Number one. All right, who's listening to us here on the Rock School Radio Show? W-O-U-B, Athens, Ohio. Superb. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Now, as you might have surmised as you were listening to the break, we're starting to talk about bands that not only were big in Japan, but were big in other countries other than their home country. For example, Meatloaf, he's American. However, his songs and his albums, at least the ones after he had the massive hits with like Bad Out of Hell, they were number one over in the UK. So where would you go to tour? You'd go to the UK. Phil Anselmo of uh, Pantera, an American metal band, got huge in Europe before they got big here in the US. Says here, can't think of a better example of Man of War. They can fill stadiums in Germany, but can hardly fill a house of blues here in the United States. Do you, do you know what I, when I think of Man of War, do you know what I think of? What? As far as I know, I could be wrong. Man of War holds 
the Guinness Book of World Records as the most loud band in the world. Wow. They did it in a studio. Everybody was wearing ear protection, and it was some absurd number, like 147. It oh. should have deafened every human being within a mile. But everybody had ear protection. So that's what I know about Man of War. They're American, but they fill German stadiums. So we're talking about more than Japan right now. Uh, let's see here. Da, 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 da. I talked about Meatloaf. Air Supply and Little River Band. They had much more success in the United States. If you remember, I actually got to interview Air Supply live on the air. Yeah. They were, without a doubt, some of the nicest guys around. Right. They were great. And I got to introduce them on stage. They were they were just wonderful. However, in their home country of Australia, not so much. They had a little bit of help, a little bit of hit, bop, 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 but nothing compared to America, which is the opposite of big in Japan, because America is looked at as the media creation giant yeah, in the world, right. right? Now, some people have turned that around like K-pop. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking South Korea, mm-hmm. and kids for a short while went bonkers for K-pop. I'm sure it still exists a little bit, but I think we've all had enough of Psy and Opum Gundam Psy. Something new is coming out. I have a friend who is in the music industry who asked me specifically, don't say who I am. And he told me that I want you to look hard at a lot, and he named some people, look hard at a bunch of people who are creating reggae. It is as close to reggae as you can get it, but it's got this hip-hop element to it. You know, So he, they're blending. You got it. He knew the boy bands were coming. He knew that Taylor Swift was coming. He knew all these things, and he says, now, keep an eye on it, and I want you, the Rock School audience, to keep an eye on it. Apparently... A couple artists who are mixing hip-hop with reggae, i.e., I want to sound like Bob Marley, but I know kids would listen to Bob Marley and think, oh, that's 70s, man. So they're hepping it up. Wow. Okay, watch it. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, he's been right three times, He has, but there you go. All right, do you remember the band Firehouse? Oh, baby. Don't treat me bad. That's it. You got it. They had one hit here in the United States. Wait, was it Baby Don't Treat Me Bad? Exactly. Okay. They have had five number one hits and two number one albums in Indonesia. Ooh. Where do you think they're going to go? Didn't see that one coming. Here's Firehouse on Rock School.
Okay, welcome to the bottom of the hour. As you probably heard in the last break, we're starting to move outside of Japan, but not the idea of being hot in your own country, but you're from this country. Where are you actually popular, though? Which is the idea of Big in Japan? So we're going to do three where it's not Japan, and then we're going to come out of the break with one that is Japan. You know who Pink is? Yeah. Obviously. Lots of hits here in the United States. Uh-huh. However, in Australia, she is a step less than a god. My god. So much more than in America. The thing about it is, what do you need? Two Australian dollars to equal an American dollar? Uh-huh, I don't know. Uh-huh. Do you remember Jennifer Love Hewitt? Oh, I don't think so. Well, she was sort of a lifetime movie person. Very, very pretty brunette woman. And she has a, a singing career. No one cared here in the United States, Australia. She's had a couple number one albums. Go figure. What, where do you think my albums could be number one? I'm thinking Romania. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, I'll bet there's good food. I'll bet there's good food. Uh, every, you know, every place we have traveled, and we have gone to, what is it now, 37 countries? Everywhere we've traveled... The food has been stunning. Mm-hmm. The only place the food wasn't stunning was Russia. Right. And when we went on the trip, the little document that came that said, hey, look, here's what you're in for. It made the statement that the food in Russia would be, quote, monotonous. Mm-hmm. Now, I know what the word monotonous means, but I thought, hey, what, what are you talking about? Every dinner, every dinner, and we were there for three weeks. Right. Every dinner was, the beginning of it was sort of a, uh, what do you call it, a yogurt with mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Came in a little silver thing. Loved it. Then there was always a borscht soup. Right. And cold. Yes. Cold. And it, I, the funny thing is, far more delicious than you'd think. Far more delicious than you'd think. Then every single solitary dinner was some kind of pork. Every now and again, it would be wrapped in a jelly. So you could cut it into slices and the jelly would be on the outside. There was a potato and there was something else I don't remember. And then for dessert, vanilla ice cream. That's it. Every time. Every single solitary time. It wasn't until we got to Belarus. Belarus meaning white Russia. What do you mean white Russia? What it meant was where they sat on the globe, it was entirely possible it would be light all the way through midnight. So we would go outside. We were there for three days. We would go outside at 1130, 1230 at night, bright. We're sitting at a coffee shop and it, it's as if it's 2.30 in the afternoon. Right. Absolutely. And every one of the rooms that you could stay in had what were known as blackout curtains. So you could make the entire thing as dark as night. It just never worked. Do you remember how screwed up our oh, circadian we rhythm up, was? man. I tell you another thing that made you a happy chick. Hmm. In Belarus. Right. You could just over the counter purchase... <laughs> 
chocolate-covered cherries. Right. And the stuff here in America, it's this white, sweet thing. However, in there, it was brandy. <laughs> You would pound 15 of those on the bus and be like, oh, oh see you when we get there. I feel so good. <laughs> so anyway, we're talking about Russia. Limp Biscuit in the early 2000s was monstrous in Russia. I don't know. OK, we got to play a song. Cheap Trick. We mentioned this earlier. In Japan, they were bigger than the United States. And they went out of their way to capitalize on it. They created a live at Budokan record. They were sold in the country as the American Beatles. And that pushed them to success here in America. It's a cheap trick here on Rock School. This next one is the first song on our new album, which just came out this week. It's called Surrender. Okay, into the second break. I know my wife made it abundantly clear I missed seven days and 70 seconds at the bottom of the hour telling my Russian story. So let's do a couple real quick and then we'll get into seven days here in this second break. Slade, huge glam rock band from England. I mean, huge. Their Christmas song, it, when we were there over Christmas, that's what they were singing in the pubs. I know. I loved Absolutely. it. And then they had a little bit more success because the band Quiet Riot did their song, Come on, feel the noise. ABBA, huge success all over the United States. They are still, to this day, the number one band in, ready? Ghana. <laughs> Ghana, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Not too long ago, I spent five bucks or whatever it was for a company to tell me where the Rock School radio show was downloaded and such. I wish I could remember the country, but we were huge in some Pacific Rim country. We we're like the second music podcast ever. And I know what you're going to say. Oh, yeah, you'd remember that. I can't remember it to save my life. <laughs> But apparently we're big, I don't know, somewhere. So I know this is the second break, but let's do it anyway. This is 7 Days, 70 Seconds. These are the dates, September 11th all the way through September uh, 17th. Such a good show. Huh? You got Monday, Tammy. Go. September 11th, 1977, David Bowie appears on Bing Crosby's Merry Old Christmas Special, they will perform Little Drummer Boy. September 12, 1979, ABC's 2020 airs a story linking Elvis's death to prescription drugs and indicting Dr. Nick as the pusher. September 13, 1976, Leonard Skinner released their first album, One More for the Road. It becomes famous for the line... What song you want to hear? Now, look, it's it's the first live album. You you missed the word live. It's their first live album. The first album they recorded was pronounced 
Leonard Skinner. September 14, 1977, Cheryl Lynn appears on The Gong Show and sings You Are So Beautiful. People thought it was so darn great, CBS Records signs her, and she has a monstrous hit with To Be Real. Got to be real. Go. September 15, 1965, Ford offers a factory installed eight-track player as an option in their high-end cars. September 16, 1977, Mark Bolin of T-Rex dies in a car accident. He was 29. And September 17th, Queen, this is 1978, Queen holds a bicycle race with 65 naked models at Wimbledon, as in tennis. The purpose, of course, is to push the single bicycle race. Okay, good enough. Who is listening to us on the Rock School Radio Show? KCMJ, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Perfect. Back in a minute here on Rock School. All right, here's a few more. I think we already mentioned this one, but AHA was magnificently popular in South America, especially Brazil, where they sold out some of the largest stadiums in the world. Wow. I'd go live there. I don't know how else to say it. Bush, completely forgotten in the U.S., had nothing. However, they've had a couple hits here in the United States. Are you familiar with a rock band, really a heavy metal band, called Rammstein? No. No. Well, they're from Germany and have had, you know, somewhat success in Germany. Where are they big? Well, the U.S., Russia, and France. Russia specifically, where they have headed up entire huge music festivals to the point where they have released songs called America, with a K, Uh so it looks Russian, Moscow, and Te Quiero Puta. You know, I may have just cursed, but I don't have the (laughs) slightest idea whether I have or not. Uh, The Pixies are magnificently successful in the UK. However, here in the US, most people only know the Pixies for the fact that they influenced Nirvana. Right. The Pixies are known for their loud, soft, loud, soft, loud, soft way of doing music, which Nirvana copied. And that's that's where they basically are known. And the one we're going to play, I got a I got a good one for the last song of the show. I'm hanging on to it. Do you know who Robbie Williams is? I do. Robbie Williams is a pop star. He was with some boy band in the UK. I don't remember what it was. But since has gone out on his own, had monstrous hits, actually did an entire album which he then performed in a major stadium in the UK about American standards. He has had maybe two hits here in the UK, but in the UK, or here in the US, but in the UK, he's through the roof. Really? And one of his latest ones, I say latest, it's been a few years since he's done it, I absolutely enjoy it. It's called Candy, and I'm going to play it for you. So if you don't know who Robbie Williams is, my guess is you may know the song I'm about to play through a TikTok deal where you take the chorus of it where it goes, Hey, ho, there she goes, either a little bit high or a little bit low. And what you do is you sort of 
show yourself not being the influencer type person to show who you are as a human being. And you do that in the same way they did it. You know, that that wipe, wipe, wipe it down, wipe. And yes. you sort of wiped on the mirror and you yeah. became a new person. Cool. This is, I don't know how else to say it. It's kind of a way to create a video resume of who you are. And the point of it is to show yourself as not this constantly serious, really concerning influencer, but to show yourself who you are. Because let's be honest, we're all bozos on this bus. <laughs> I can put up a real good front, but I'm a goof. Well, at 5 o'clock, the front's over, right? Oh, do I know. Here you go. It's Robbie Williams on Rock School. Okay, coming out of uh, Robbie Williams and Candy, you actually got upset at me because I didn't play Rock DJ. Oh, it's a great song. All right, look, here's 20 seconds of Rock DJ. Here in America, there is a joke, and it came from Norm McDonald, who was a comedian that was on Saturday Night Live and was the anchor of the Saturday Night Live uh, fake newscast called Weekend Update. He would do at least once or twice a week a joke that Germans love David Hasselhoff. <laughs> There's some truth to it. David Hasselhoff speaks German. As a matter of fact, if you saw the movie Dodgeball, mm -hmm. the German team is coached by David Hasselhoff. He had a hit called Looking for Freedom. There was a 1970s German hit, Auf der Strasse nacht Süden. There is no way that I pronounce that correctly or that I don't know, McDonald's exists. I had to have been wrong completely on that. Catchy tune, but what he, David Hasselhoff, did... If you don't know who David Hasselhoff is, seriously? Baywatch? Eh? He's even in the SpongeBob movie. So... <laughs> He re-redid it uh, and called it Looking for Freedom back in 1989, and it was a monstrous hit in Germany. I don't know, has David Hasselhoff released any music here in the United States? I don't think, it seems like he did one. Uh, okay, I'll take your word for it. Maybe Nothing. something about Kit and Knight Rider, but in Germany, to quote Norm MacDonald, Germans love David Hasselhoff, you know. So that'll wrap it up. We'll play that one from David Hasselhoff. I'm Joe Burns. You are? Tammy Burns. The end. Class is dismissed. One morning in June, some 20 years ago, I was born a rich man's son. I had everything that money could buy, but freedom I had none. I've been looking for freedom.